1: What's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Wizards podcast brought to you by the Locked On NBA Network. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Wizards. I am your host for tonight's episode. I am Arthur Renault. You can find me on Twitter at District Mamba. As I promised when Becca, Ian, and I took over the Locked On Wizards podcast, I wanted to put the spotlight on... A side of Twitter that, you know, loves Bradley Beal. A side of Twitter that hates Bradley Beal. A side of Twitter that thinks Gortat is the best NBA center that we could possibly get. And then the side of Twitter that's actually realistic and knows that his value has kind of come and gone. I am joined today by one of Wizards Twitter's most opinionated fans. My guest today is uh, Domo, and you can find him on Twitter at Domo underscore 1986 in roman numerals if you are like me and you don't know about roman numerals it is domo underscore l x x x v one what's going on domo Uh, thanks so much for joining me tonight
2: uh no problem man i appreciate you having me
1: awesome man all right so before we get started we have a lot of great topics for tonight i want you, I want to introduce you to our audience. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about your fandom. Tell us when you started becoming a Wizards fan, and how was this past season for you?
2: All right. So, so again, my name is Damo. Uh, I've been a Wizards fan since, whew, probably ninety-seven ish,
1: ninety-seven
2: ish. Okay. I, I I came into basketball obviously through MJ's Bulls. Cause that's my favorite player ever. Okay, uh, and then the more I played uh, NBA Live '96, '97, I kind of transitioned into the home team. So, uh, Rod Strickland became my guy. Um, Mitch Richmond, those those dudes, man, those were my guys. So it's kind of it's kind of just manifested from there and. Uh, yeah, and then so far on the season, I mean, it was... Uh, if you would have told me our best player would have missed 41 games and we still would have made the playoffs, I, I would have took that. But So I guess it, it was okay. I'll just say that.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much the attitude that I have about it as well. Um, I mean, yeah, when we come back from our commercial break, we are going to get into... Some topics that Wizards Twitter loves, and with the draft coming up, we want to talk about some draft prospects with the NBA draft coming up decently soon, within the month, uh, and also uh, Damos' ideal offseason. I've been giving some of our ho- some of our guests the GM title. You know, I wish most of us, most of Wizards Twitter could be the GM instead of Ernie Grunfeld. So we're going to hear his take on what he would do if he had control of the Wizards organization and was able to cater a perfect offseason. So we'll be right back after a message from our Sponsors.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome back to the Locked On Wizards Podcast. I am your host. I am Arthur Renault You can find me on Twitter at District Mamba. I am joined today by Damo, and he is going to break down some of his opinions on. NBA draft and his ideal offseason so our first topic the NBA draft that's coming up um Yes, yes what are some of your uh give us your top two prospects so players that you think would be possible uh where the Wizards pick and then give us uh maybe two trades that you might have either to move up or move down that you would like to see the Wizards do come draft night
2: well, I mean, I'm going to give you my top two guys that I think now are actually realistic because the report I just saw came out today in regards to Michael Porter Jr. Um, about something about him having some spasms, some some uh, back spasms. Right. He had to call out of a, a workout. Yeah. I think there's a chance he could drop. Um, and I know I, I saw uh, Wo- uh, Woj was doing a, a draft special and they actually uh mock draft him to the wizards at fifteen. I wow. thought then that, that was just ridiculous, but who knows. So Yes, he does. Yeah, I mean he's well connected. So if he says it, I'm going to put him down as, as as a realistic option for the Wizards at fifteen. Um so he would be my number one. Okay. And then uh number two, I would probably go with Knox. I mean, it's a, it's a wing league. Yeah. Uh, look at the last, I think nine or ten Finals MVPs. They've been wing players. hmm So that's what this league is. It's positionless basketball. You get a guy six, eight, six, nine, six, ten that can handle, switch, shoot, dribble, pass. That's what you want. You can never have too many of those guys. So, yeah, Knox would be my my number two behind behind Michael Porter Jr.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I. I'm also in the a strong proponent for another wing because, I mean, you can never have enough of those. And we saw this past, playoff, this past playoff run, you know, Otto Porter was shut down and, you know, it's just Kelly Oubre who was struggling that got more playing yeah. time. But then there's nothing behind Kelly, Kelly Oubre. So, right. yeah, I, I, I love those two ideas. I believe uh, Ian Evans, one of the hosts of the Locked on Wizards podcast, has uh, the Wizards drafting Robert Williams, which... You know, it was a different angle uh, addressing a need in terms of you know a young center instead of these outdated dinosaurs that we have.
2: But yes, indeed.
1: Yeah, I mean those two players you listed, I get giddy at the thought of uh, of Michael Porter. Um, I saw that report. You know, although it would kind of suck because then <laughs> we have Otto Porter with his hip, and then we have a player with his back, <laughs> and it's just like you know. But you know, it it, it everything fixes itself out in terms of injuries. Um what are some trades that you would want to see like depending on how the draft goes like if players fall if players are there or if you know you just want to get out of the draft and trade for a superstar what are two trades that you are uh, maybe thinking about in the back of your mind
2: Well as as far as mo- moving up I just saw I mean I just saw today that the the Grizzlies were thinking about were trying to dangle the number 4 raw pick in addition to Parsons to try to get rid of that deal. Right. Um, when I looked and I saw Parsons' numbers from last year, they weren't bad. Like, he shot like 56% from the field, 40% from three. He just, just had a very low usage. Right. Um, now, I know he's making $50 million over the next two years, but, I mean, that's basically what we're paying auto. And if you have an opportunity to get a top five pick in this draft, I think you got to at least make the phone call. Um, so I was thinking maybe if, if, if we did a deal, maybe either Uber or auto with our 15th pick to get up, to get that number four with, and, and we would have to take back that Parsons deal, something like something around that range. Um, cause I mean, if you get the number four pick, I mean, you got a chance at, uh, Luka Donic, Donchick, you got Mo Bamba possibly, uh, who would be your pick? Depend. Obviously, you
1: know, kind of guessing how things go in front of you. But who would be
2: your pick if we got that number four pick? Yeah. Uh, it would depend on who who went top three. I mean, if we assuming the top three, Aiton, uh, yeah, Aiton Bagley. See that third one is a wild card. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say I'll say Jaren Jackson. Okay. Uh, I would probably at four for us, I would probably go Mo Bamba. From what I've seen from his shooting and then that 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 wingspan at seven ten, man, that yeah. that that's unheard of.
1: I want I mean, that badly on the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> I was kinda hoping you'd say Mo because that's who I would do. Uh that's who I would choose. But, yeah,
2: I mean that that's now you talking you're talking about a guy that has potentially Woody Gobert impact on defense. And he can give you some stretchability shooting the ball. I mean, that's, I mean that, that's a game changer, man. Right. That, 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 I mean, John Wall would average like eighteen assists just throwing lobs. Exactly.
1: And you so, know, it, it pains me to say this. I haven't said perfect. this on the podcast yet, but NBA champion Javale McGee is probably the last center that Wall has played with that was a, a lob threat. <laughs> and right. yeah,
2: it's just. Yeah. I'm gro- Think about I, I, Javale though; you can't play him twenty-five minutes.
1: Oh, definitely, you, you can't cannot. Him twenty-five plus minutes. I just, I just remember <laughs> uh, drafting John Wall and Javale McGee, and when Javale McGee checked in, I was like, "Yeah, like here comes some excitement, like here comes some dunks, some blocks," and then obviously you get the stupidity that also came with Javale well, McGee. Yeah, but
2: they, they were trying to have us lob City East. I mean, with Javale and and uh, Vesley. It's a little tricky. I I know the thought process was to have some guys that could go up and play above the rim with and and That's where, you know, Wall would be able to just throw it to the rim. Right. Um, But we see how that turned out. Yeah. This last topic,
1: it originated with Mike Wilbon. He brought up the Wizards as a destination for where LeBron James is going to go. Teaming up with two All-Stars obviously brings up the financial situation as something that might not, you know, that would prevent this from happening. But then again, it's Mike Wilbon. It's the same guy that, you know, at this point two weeks ago was, you know, crapping on the DC fan base that we're all like, you know, we're we're a joke of a fan base. So this just seems like a way of like, Oh, thank you so much, Mike Wilbon for giving us hope. But (laughs) what if there was some truth to to this? Because I look at it, the Wizards have been telling themselves for a long time that they're the best team in the East. That LeBron wants to duck us in the playoffs. That's why they tanked. That, you know, we should have beaten the Celtics and they're pounding their chest still. That they should have beaten the Raptors and gone on. But what if LeBron James looks at the Wizards and looks at a team that underperforms against fi- under 500 teams? As a team that has two All-Stars, uh, you know, both of them entering their primes, if not in their prime right now, and a city where a president is currently at the helm that you want to go blow for blow with, you know, in the boxing ring, what, why not D.C.? What, what do you think? What, are you buying any of this LeBron to D.C.? Give us your opinion. Is this all bullcrap? What do you think?
2: <laughs> uh I think it's all bull crap. Um I, I got a couple couple of guys I, I used to play some ball with that are, are kinda in the in the know and from what I've been told he's going to LA. Right. Um with, with Paul George. Yeah. Uh but but just to entertain the, the idea of it and, and, and this is something I had mentioned the other day. Twitter um I don't understand why DC isn't seen more around the league as a desirable destination I mean from a market standpoint the the I mean the 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 culture around the city uh I mean everything about the nightlife uh the the private schools all of that I mean I don't understand why it's not seen in that same category with with New York and, and and the Miamis and the Houstons and right uh the las but well i would just a- argue
1: real quick to that is that like the no sales tax for florida and texas that's that's yeah, a pretty big selling point true. <laughs> that's true and that's true. you know but but no i definitely agree i don't understand i mean culturally like i'm you know i have a bunch of family in peru and you think of the united states you think of washington dc You go to Virginia or Maryland, you're in D.C. So it's like D.C. is a destination around the world. But for some reason in the NBA, it's not.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: But, you know, go ahead and keep uh, keep this hypothetical. What What is this LeBron situation that we're in?
2: Yeah, so I mean, we would have to work, <laughs> cap-wise, we would have to do some serious maneuvering because I don't think it would be, be a sign of trade. I don't think LeBron is going to do like Dan Gilbert any favors. Right. Uh, so it would have to be as an outright signing. And with our cap situation, I don't know how in the hell we would move 30... Ooh, we would have to move... We had to move about $35 million in, right. in, in salary. And I just... To me, that would mean you're going to have to move Otto and one of Gortat or Mahimi completely. <laughs> right. And let's just say hypothetically you're able to do that. Um, a, 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 a big three of John Wall, Beal, and LeBron would be very interesting I I don't know scheme-wise who's going to be handling the ball more between him and Wall because they both – I've yet to see either one really play off-ball a lot. Right. Um, And Wall is not like a Kyrie type where you give LeBron (laughs) the ball and you just say, hey, Wall, stand in the corner, or hey, Wall, just go ISO and give me a bucket. Um, Right. So schematically, it would require Brooks to be a lot more creative, which is what we're asking for now anyway with Otto Porter. Yeah. So, but I mean, man, those fast breaks, I think it could be something like what you saw with Wade and LeBron. Oh. Um, where two guys that are just very smart and they see the floor well, very athletic, when they get that ball off the rim, they're gone. Right. Um, you're going to see a lot of alley-oops, and, and, and I mean, it would be fun. It, it would be fun as hell, man, to see something like that. And just for what it would do, I mean, even a guy like Paul Pierce, who came here on the back end of his career just for that one season, how it kind of legitimized uh, D.C. as far as the coverage nationally. I mean, you get a guy like LeBron here, that would set the table not just for what you – were able to get that year with LeBron but the years following LeBron leaving will legitimize you for free agents because it's like oh well LeBron went there that's the way I could go right um, so i mean it it would be pretty damn pretty damn awesome and i think you would automatically put them at the at the top of the, the conference i still don't know that it would be enough to 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 knock the warriors off cuz i feel like I would need to see what type, the cap situation to see what type of sub uh supplementary parts you can add yeah, exactly. as far as shooters right cuz you you, you got to have some shooters but with, with LeBron um but if you get a guy like LeBron shooters going to want to come definitely so it it would be it would be pretty I mean the city would be crazy we we would have, we would have so many bandwagon fans it would not you oh. would to count.
1: Right, yeah. No, that that would be definitely one of the worst things to come out of that. Obviously, it'd be like a treat to see one of the greatest players of all time, you know, wear the Wizards uniform and hopefully take us to the NBA Finals. But the worst part is going to be the bandwagons and then all the LeBron fans. Like, it. yeah, it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, if that's what it takes for an NBA championship, I would sign up for it. But,
2: oh, yeah,
1: yeah uh, I, I agree with you schematically. I yeah, I sh- I struggle to see how the Wall LeBron would work because, like you mentioned, although Wall kind of does that now when Beal has the ball, he kind of just stands in the corner. Yeah. But he would not be able to do that with LeBron, and I don't think LeBron would let him do that either. That's I just, a good
2: point. That's I, a very good point there. Yeah. Right.
1: I, I just think like LeBron is gonna be, LeBron would infuse a flame and. Th- like tell them their truths. Like they're they're a a really good backcourt, but they're not. They haven't won anything. So stop right. coasting through these lottery teams that are begging for losses. Start taking care of business. Make your life easier in the playoffs. Match up against the eighth seed, the seventh seed, and then you can like play the forty minutes in the second round or in the conference finals and the NBA finals. And effort. Like LeBron is not gonna be quiet about. You know, Walls, you know, getting beat by no-name point guards night in and night out in a regular season. Or, you know, Beal having an off-shooting night. So, there's a lot that LeBron would bring
2: outside of just, you know, his play on the court. Yeah, and maybe getting a guy like LeBron, you know off off break, this is about winning a title. He's not coming here to get to the second round. Like, this is about winning a title. So, we're not taking nights off against the Orlando Magic or the Phoenix Suns, you know, that's that's not going to happen with a, Le, a LeBron-led team. And I think for a guy like Wall and Beal who want that stage, you're going to get it when LeBron on your team. You're going to get 25, 30 national TV games. And I think Wall is one of those guys, he's an emotion player. He plays off emotion. So you give him that stage to compete against the best, He's going to put his best foot forward, but sometimes to a fault when he knows it's not a nationally televised game, when it's when it's when it's the Suns or it's the magic or it's a point guard matchup that's not really heralded. He takes nights off sometimes. Right. And you're not going to do that with LeBron James. On your team. So I think I think just off LeBron presence alone, you're talking about a, a netting of, of 10 to 15 wins.
1: I mean, so, yeah, because you look at the Raptors record and a majority of their wins came from taking care of business against the 500 teams. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I feel like it was somewhere around the 38 win range that they won yeah. against under 500 teams.
2: That's, yeah, they had, the, they, they had 60% of their wins came from below 500 teams.
1: Exactly. And so, although, yeah. you know, you can make fun of them all... We, we can make fun of them all we want because, like, they got swept by LeBron again, but they did what they had to do. They took care of business, and they ended up, you know, with the one scene. Now, it didn't work out because, you know, I think they're kind of overrated for who they are, but... Yeah, like, I, I just... The other thing that I would fear fear with a Wall and LeBron team-up is... I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast. I... I can't I don't know how it would work with Wall and Beal adding like a Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James uh, Kawhi Leonard a little bit different, but like a LeBron James or DeMarcus Cousins because Wall and Beal, they have egos and they're the alphas. But someone like LeBron James comes in with his three rings and, you know, his multi billion dollar, you know, just image and you're, you have to be humbled. You can't go up to LeBron and say, you know, I'm better than you. Like, I'm the best point guard in the NBA. And LeBron is just going to, you know, swat whatever you're bringing into the paint. I, I just, a part of me thinks that if we were to acquire a third star, in this case, LeBron James, it takes, I don't think enough credit is given to the Miami Heat, you know, the way LeBron and Bosh. Bosh had to take a cut he took a a, a, yeah. a massive, you know, amount of heat. You know, that sucks that I said that because it's Miami. But he took a massive <laughs> amount of, you know, hate from, you know, NBA fans, from the media for his play. But it somebody had to sacrifice the load. And yeah, I don't know if Wall and Beal are players that can sacrifice a load. Like, I, I feel like there'd be a lot of, you know, ego checking, and it'd be one of those seasons where, like, maybe the first 25 games, you know, the Wizards are 500 or below. But then they figure it out, because then, you know, that's how it normally works out. Because the Miami Heat, you know, they didn't work out their first half of the season together. Yeah. but then, I think you know, they were a
2: 500 team, like, the first two months.
1: Right, and people were making um, fun of them, left and right. But,
2: but, you know... It was it was one thing interesting, I was listening to Chris Bosch, because um, it's a narrative out there that Chris Bosch was a worst player when he got to the heat, and he 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 said something on FS1. He was saying how when you ca- when he came into his role there in, in Miami, it required him to do more while getting the ball less. So when he was in Toronto, he said he could just camp on the block, he get the ball, he do his move, and he go over the right shoulder, left shoulder, and try to score. He didn't really have to play defense. He didn't have to switch on pick and rolls. He didn't really have to do any of that. He said when he got to Miami. He had, to, he had to shoot from all areas on the floor. He had to guard pick and rolls. He had to switch. He had to play some center, some power forward. He had to get his shots most all over the floor, in various places on the block, the wing, mid-range. Um, and he had to do that more efficiently on less touches. And it's it's hard it's hard for some people to make that adjustment. So I do see what you're saying as far as Ball and bill. Would they be able to kind of take that take that role where hey Bill you got to guard you got to lock your man down hold him under 15 points and you got to go get me 20 20 points on on 48 percent shooting right Uh, wall you got to go lock your man down and go get me 18 points and shoot north of 45 percent from the field I mean that's what it would mean if you're talking about competing for a title with a guy like LeBron on your team right you know yeah, some guys aren't built for it, but I, I think Wall and Bill got the got the. I, I think they'd be down for it. I
0: think yeah, they'd
2: be. you know,
1: but yeah, that that's there. There's definitely a lot to look forward to. There's definitely a lot of questions. There is a an off season approaching where, you know, it can be another heart. It can other. It can be another dagger in our hearts with another <laughs> wasted year of Wall and Beal. It's gonna be another year of oh. Excuses like maybe this year nobody talked about how Bradley Beal has been s- healthy the past couple seasons like he wasn't healthy his whole career before then you know right. there there's a lot of you can look at it half glass full half glass empty but right. regardless we'll be here to bring you coverage on everything summer ball is starting first week of July the NBA draft is coming up hopefully we'll have a lot of uh. A lot of prospects on the Summer League team that we can look at and possibly plug in. One suggestion for the off season: do not fall in love with workout videos because we saw <laughs> how that goes with John Wall. Wolf season, I, I don't know about you, Damo, but when I saw those videos last year, I was like, whoo! Wall looks like he is yeah. ready to take over the league. And then he pushed it too much. There was a knee injury and that was that. But um, Damo, go ahead and plug yourself uh, one last time before we sign off here. Uh, give us your Twitter handle and then anything else that you would like to plug.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy on Twitter that loves the Wizards. So, I mean, if guys, uh, if you like Wizards basketball, I'll definitely, I'll definitely talk about them a lot. That's pretty much my entire timeline. Uh, so, yeah, Domo, D O M O underscore. L X X X V I. Roman numeral of 1986, the year I was born. Um, and yeah, that's it. We just—I uh, always try to keep it, keep it funky, keep it as 100 as possible. Uh, and that goes from John Wall all the way down to Jason Smith. Awesome!
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> awesome. The perfect plug. I didn't even tell him about this, but. Uh, we will be having an episode brought to you by Becca MVP about Jason Smith coming out. So definitely stay tuned for that. Next week, we got a bunch of fun stuff planned. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Locked Wizards. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, too. We love reading the reviews. We love, you know, getting feedback. What should we do better? What should we do less of? What should we do more of? And uh, I am your host, at District Mamba, my name is Arthur Reynault. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Damo, this went a lot longer than I thought it would, but that's <laughs> what happens when you have uh, two Wizards fans that want the best for the team. Make sure to give him a follow. He's We've plugged his Twitter account. It will be attached to our tweet when we tweet out this episode. He's definitely one of the uh, one of the greats for Wizards uh, reaction and insight and all that good stuff. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.